when I was in my uh, early 20s and 30s connection, connection. Aha, uh aha. -huh. Uh -huh. That do it? Okay. Oh. What do you think? Handheld? When I was in my early 20s and 30s and I was working at uh, different churches, every single year in August, uh, we would attend something called the Global Leadership Summit. It was this, uh, it's almost hard to describe, some of you have been so you know, but if you haven't, it's like this three-day long um, conference put on by a mega church and marketed to pastors and business leaders alike. And they would bring in the best of the best, um, you know, high-profile pastors, CEOs from major companies, even profile leaders, um, high-profile leaders from the business world and the finance world and entertainment and politics, all these places. I don't really even know how to describe to you the togetherness force that this event was. Um, the people who attended it religiously year after year really, really wanted to be there. I really, really wanted to be there. Um, nearly every pastor and ministry leader I, I knew um, at that time attended this annual event. And sometimes um, seminaries would even use the materials from this conference for their curriculum in the following year, for their courses. It was a major influence um, in my life and um, in the life of the church worldwide. And there was this one phrase that uh, was repeated every year. It was like a refrain um, to a melody over and over and over every single year. And I can remember hearing this phrase. I can remember like my eyes filling with tears. I can remember standing among thousands of people whose, whose hearts would quicken, whose eyes would water, who would literally just be like hanging on the power of these words. And the words were this. The local church is the hope of the world. These words were sometimes said, you know, in an inspiring way to cast vision for church leaders of churches of every size. You know, the local church is the hope of the world. Other times they were said, ah, like with bated breath, after the, um, you know, hearing an inspiring story of somebody whose life was changed by God in the context of congregational life. The local church is the hope of the world. Other times they were said to raise money. Um, sometimes they were said with a bit of defiance kind of more like fighting words, to oppose the forces of evil that were seeking to ruin human lives. You know, the local church is the hope of the world. And you guys, I kind of drank that Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know, I wrapped all of me up in this vision that the local church is the hope of the world. And today I would just say, and you've even heard me say this before, um, I would just say I was wrong. Because let's be honest, if the local church is the hope of the world, we're all in big trouble. The local church is not the hope of the world. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. The local church is just the vessel, the vessel that carries the treasure of Christ to a hurting world. So Platt Park Church, we are the vessel. And this place is so, so special. And yet, this place is not the treasure. 
This place carries the treasure. You carry the treasure. The church is the vessel, and Christ is the treasure. When the vessel shows its cracks, and it will, because it's made up of broken humans like you and me, it's the treasure that shines through in moments like that. You know, it's the gospel of Leonard Cohen, if you will, that lyric, that famous lyric we love, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. It's the gospel of 2 Corinthians 4 when Paul says, but we have this treasure, that's Jesus, in jars of clay, that's us, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. Because churches come and churches go, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oceans rise, empires fall, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there are those times where the earth under us shakes and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, but even in those moments, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And many of you are aware this is a hard season. After 14 years of planting and pastoring this church, the time has come for Tim and I to say goodbye. And I want to thank our elders for their love and support of us as pastors here over the years. More than that, for the burden that they carry. the burden that they carry in caring for our church. You know, it's a noble thing to care for a church. And our elders carry a burden that most of you cannot see. This is a hard season for us, for the staff, and for many folks in the congregation. And it is really good to just acknowledge that. It's a really good thing for us to just acknowledge the pain and the sadness, and to invite God into it. Because that is often the place where we meet Jesus more deeply than we ever could have imagined. So today, I just want to consider together this little phrase, you know, life. Life is not a problem to be solved. Life is a story to be lived. And we, Tim and I, we're in the middle of our story right now, and I have no idea how it will end, but I know that a real important part of a story is saying goodbye. To say goodbye well, thoughtfully, honestly, from the heart, with love. It's a very important thing in honoring relationships. So that's what I want to try to begin to do here together with you today. When I was a kid, we um, would drive, our extended family lived in the Chicagoland area, and we would drive from my home in the suburbs of Milwaukee down to Chicago to be with family on a holiday like Christmas. And we would drive down there, and we would spend the day with family who we loved who were far away. And I can remember that when a day like that would come to an end, as kids, we would put on our PJs and climb into the old brown station wagon for like the one-hour drive back home. But I always remember, I always remember as a kid, 
that my mom, when we were getting ready to leave, my mom would always say, it's time to put your sunglasses on. And as a kid, I slowly came to realize what that meant. Because the sun had already set. She was not putting on her sunglasses because she needed protection for her eyes. No, she, she was doing that because there were always tears in those goodbyes. So she'd put on her sunglasses, you know, like a cue to everybody that she was going to hug them and say goodbye and probably cry. And I remember as a kid just like how palpable the pain of departing was, like it was real. And you know why? Because the love was so great. It was sad to say goodbye. And that little word goodbye, it's like a signal, right? It's a signal to say, I am not abandoning you. I am not deserting you. I will mourn our absence, even if it's quite brief in the whole scheme of eternity. You know, my body may be gone, but my love remains. And the sound that you hear, that will be me cheering you on from wherever I am next. So it's a really good thing to say goodbye. And if you think about the Bible and what the scriptures have to say about goodbye, one time I, I heard author um, John Ortberg say, is there a theology of goodbye? Is there a theology of goodbye? And I think if you think about it, like as far as I know, all throughout the Bible that word goodbye is not actually used. I think if you think through Genesis through the end, I, I, I can't think of any times when someone says goodbye. The Oxford English Dictionary says that we got that word goodbye. Actually, it came from a, a little phrase that used to be used, another phrase, that the word goodbye actually evolved, like in the 16th century, as a, as a contraction from the phrase, God be with you. Goodbye, God be with you. Because for centuries before that, when people would be departing, they didn't just say, like, I'm leaving. It wasn't just information sharing. It was God be with you. It was, it was a prayer. It was a heartfelt wish. Until we meet again, God be with you. It was like a, a benediction. It was somebody saying, though I cannot be with you, may God be with you. And somewhere along the line, I like 150 years ago, there was a hymn written by a guy who learned that, that the word goodbye came from the phrase, God be with you. He heard that, he learned that bit of information, and he wrote a hymn called God be with you until we meet again. And the lines in that hymn go like this. By his counsel's guide uphold you, with his sheep securely fold you, God be with you till we meet again. He wrote it so that every single week in that little church, when people would leave on Sunday, they'd sing those words like over each other, God be with you till we meet again, God be with you. And throughout the Bible, we see the Lord be with you, God be with you. Paul ends his letter to the church in Thessalonica by saying this, now may the Lord of peace at all times in every way give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you. God be with you. It's not goodbye. It's God be with you. 
And today is the first Sunday of Advent. It's that time when we consider Emmanuel, God, with us. And I want to tell you, Platt Park, how God has been with us through the years and how you, you all, have been with me. You've been God with me in some very good, very life-giving, very spirit-filled ways. You, some of you have been God with me, like, for longer than this church has existed, for like 22 years <laughs> since we've been in Denver. Before even Platt Park was, some of you were God with me in really meaningful ways. Like when we were first students at Denver Seminary in 2001, some of you taught me courses there. Some of you mentored me. Some of you befriended me. Some of you were volunteers in the kids' ministry that I led during that season. Some of you blessed us with your presence when we were kicking off, uh, we were like just married and kicking off a premarital ministry. Some of you were a part of that. And then the marriage ministry that followed later. When we finished seminary, we went to Iowa for 15 months, a whopping 15 months. And many of you know that was a low point um, in our lives and in our marriage. And some of you came to visit us there. Some of you talked to us on the phone in those days when we were really struggling, when we were, were needing um, hope. You were the voices that strengthened and encouraged us through our tears. Later, we moved back to Denver and started a little house church that was in Time magazine, and some of you were in that photo, and some of you were a part of that little house church that simple little house church on the top floor of the old brownstone triplex on Umatilla Street. Some of you watched fireworks with us from the rooftop deck of that house. This was all long before Platt Park even existed. So many of you were there, you know, showing up, showing us what love and friendship and faith in Christ in the midst of the highs and lows of life looks like. And then later on, Vaughn and Barry Swanson took us to Gatano's Italian restaurant up in the Highlands, and they planted this idea in our minds about starting a church. And some of you joined in on that vision, and your faith paved the way for what this is today. And we sure didn't have the confidence, but you put your confidence and your faith forward, and we trusted God together. You know what I love about you, Platt Park Church? I love how you have taken risks and been scrappy and unconventional and so, so creative and how you have over and over and over again stepped out into the unknown with us. You have been God with me. We officially started Platt Park Church in 2009, and Tim and I, we also started a little business that same year called Sipping and Painting. And so many of you came to sip and paint with us. And that place paid the bills in the early years of this ministry. Your generosity has blown me away. I can remember um, in the early days of sipping and painting and we're starting this church. I can remember those early days that uh, our business partners, Brian and Kelly Doak, were starting sipping and painting this little business together. Brian's also an elder here at Platt Park Church. And I can remember going to the old Hanson's restaurant down on, that used to be down on Old South Pearl Street. And I can remember sitting there at lunch with them. 
And Brian was like the finance guy of the four of us. And I can remember them just kind of casually over lunch being like, let's just cut a big fat check from sipping and painting at Platt Park Church. They didn't need to do that. Their generosity was unbelievable. In fact, do you know the very um, first youth pastor, our youth ministry now amazing, but back then there was one kid, Will Katowski, in the youth ministry, and our very first youth pastor was funded by sipping and painting. Ross Whitaker was his name, and he is still in ministry in Albuquerque, but he was the first uh, youth pastor here. So many of you were a part of all that. You have been God with me. Through your generosity, the way in which you've given your time and your hearts, your resources to God's work, it's inspired me. It really has inspired me over and over again. I remember one of the very first Christmas offerings. I think the goal that year was like $25,000, and it felt so daunting. And I will never forget, I actually had an office in what is now the children's ministry supply room in this building. And I had a little desk in there, and I had my computer, and I'm sitting at my computer, and I got this email during the time of the Christmas offering from Carol Clute. And she told me how she was sitting at her computer, welled up with tears, because she heard God tell them to give sacrificially that year. And you guys, I remember sitting there at my computer, and I was like, no, 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 God, no. No, not the clutes. John just lost his job. There are far many other people, wealthier people, who you could tap, Lord, not the clutes. But you know what? That sort of radical generosity of people giving, like not just out of their excess, but out of obedience to God, that's in the DNA of this place. And it's such a gift. And there's a power that comes with that. And I pray that will continue. Your global vision, your love of strangers, the value that you place on the inner journey, the expanded view of humanity that you hold, caring about culture, this restless desire to, to always be having new and fresh experiences of the Holy Spirit, all of this about you, Platt Park, has been changing me. You've changed me. You have spread love to me. You have been God with me. I remember when Russell was born, You guys brought me meals, and you threw us a shower in the side yard. And we sat around circles in small groups. And you held my newborn baby in your arms. And when we traveled to China to adopt Lila, I will never forget how you guys rallied around our adoption journey. So much love, so much support. We traveled halfway around the world with this big manila envelope that you sent us with, and you said, don't open it until you get to China. And I can remember being in that so far away from home with my new baby girl with that head of curly hair, you know, and feeling so far from home and so far away. And I remember opening that manila envelope and like just dozens, you know, of notes and prayers and lyrics and scripture just comes tumbling out of that envelope onto that bed in Beijing. 
And I cried tears of love and gratitude for you, that I wasn't alone, that you were with us in prayer and love and support, even when we were so far away physically. You were God with me there. And I can think of all the times that I sat across the table from you, many of you, as God had burdened you with a dream, where I have watched you say to me stuff like this, Susie, this church has too much talent, too much wealth, too much drive, too much wisdom to just sit around and do nothing in a world of so much need. And you would say to me, like, what can we do? And together we have prayed. And I have watched ministries be born and books get written and businesses get started and a spiritual direction center be begin I've seen Mother's Global Village begin work in Guatemala and Africa. I've seen you board the bus for Juarez, give birth to Daya International, fly to Nepal over and over and over again. You have been God with so many people near and far. And you have just had more faith and more vision and more servanthood and more generosity and more perseverance than I ever could have imagined. And I'm so proud of us, you know? And so I'm here for a few more weeks, not to say goodbye, but to say God be with you. Because here's the thing, if God is with you, nothing else really matters. And if God is not with you, nothing else really matters either. There's a famous, um, Dallas Willard has this famous line that he would sometimes say, like, you know, to people encountering circumstances or, you know, unwanted situations in life, he, he would say this, circumstances and other people are not in control of an individual's character or the life that lies endlessly before them in the kingdom of God. Circumstances and other people are not in control of your character or the person you are becoming. There's nothing at ultimate risk in circumstances. They don't determine your life. One time that same author was talking to a guy and, and he said to this guy, how are you doing? And the guy was like in a tough season. And the guy just said, okay, under the circumstances. And Dallas said to him, what are you doing under there? You are not meant to live under the circumstances. You are meant to live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. And that kingdom is not in trouble. And neither are you, and neither am I. You are meant to live under the wing of your heavenly father. You're meant to live under the care of God. You're meant to live under the strong arms that have lost none of their strength, even when the ground beneath you shakes. You are meant to live under the love and compassion of God who made you and sees you and loves you. And our teacher in all of this, of course, is Jesus, because remember when he was saying goodbye to his disciples, the final time he had with them, he did not actually say goodbye, did he? What he said to them in departing, and what he says to all of us today was this, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus was saying, I'm not abandoning you. I'm not deserting you. 
while we'll be separated for a little while, my body will, be, will go, but my love will remain. And that sound that you hear will be me cheering you on from heaven. And there's no situation, there's nowhere we can go, there's nothing that we can face that Jesus is not present to if we want him to be. Right? Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Life is not a problem to be solved, it's a story to be lived. And so we don't say goodbye, we say, God, be with you. And some, some people have asked what Tim and I are doing next, and we don't know. Our story will unfold, as all of our stories do. But I want you to know that even though this is a sad time for us, we're not leaving God. We're not abandoning our calling. And Jesus is near to us right now in this season that contains grief. And I do have kind of a stubborn hope in my heart. It's really for all of us. And it is that God never wastes a hurt. That's the story we live in, right? That good things, real good stuff, comes out of things that feel bad that God redeems suffering, that there's a cross in the middle of the story, the great story. Because what what looked like the end of his story was really the beginning of a much greater story. Like what looked like the worst thing on Good Friday was really actually the best thing. What looked like the saddest goodbye in the world was actually two days later the greatest hello in human history. And that means God has real good things in store now for me and for you, whatever you have been through, whatever you are going through, whatever you have experienced, whatever loss you are currently facing, God will not waste it. And that that also means God has real good things in store for Platt Park Church, even after a difficult season. You know, when Tim and I were in our third year of marriage, We went and saw a therapist named Hal. And if you have come through our premarital stuff or any of our marriage workshops, you have certainly heard us talk about Hal. And I remember uh, in one of those sessions, I remember just, oh, I remember just crying in Hal's office because the first two years of our marriage was like total bliss and easy. And then we hit year three. It was really hard and it was a real struggle. And I just remember a moment in his office of strong emotions and my saying to hell through tears, I just want to know, will it ever be the same again? And I remember Hal taking a long pause and saying to me, no, no, it will never be the same. And then he said, but it will be better and deeper and truer because of what you've been through. And I offer that hope and prayer for us and for each of you and for Platt Park Church. Will it ever be the same? No, but it can be better and deeper and truer because of what you've gone through. So I just want to say, God, be with you. God be with you, who are the children and the youth 
of this church, you who took us to church on Youth Sunday a few weeks ago, you are the ones who likely have a wonderful, bright future in front of you. And so many people are going to say to you, you know, dream big, aim high, be great. But I just want to say to you, love God, follow Jesus, do the next right thing in love. I had so hoped to watch you grow here, but I will be cheering you on from wherever I am. And God be with you middle-aged people. I have rapidly been joining your ranks since we started this church. (laughs) And very soon we shall be old people. But let's not give up the fight yet. Let us continue on with our facial lotions of potions of which I need some desperately (laughs) these days. Can I just say to you, to all of us, to me, to you, to all of us in the middle, in the sometimes long middle, Don't give up, and don't live on your own, and don't live exhausted and isolated. There are really only like four things, right, that really matter. Family, faith, friends, meaningful work. Like, stop trying to build all the other things that don't really actually matter in the scheme of your joy in the Lord. Focus on those four, family and faith and friends, and meaningful work. And don't carry the burden alone. That which is shareable is bearable. Find your people to share what feels unbearable. And don't give up. Keep going. And God be with you, you old people. We will all rapidly be joining your ranks. And maybe you sometimes feel, right, like, Life didn't turn out how you wanted, and disappointments were much greater than you thought they would be. Maybe you are feeling right now like you just don't have the health or the energy or the drive. May you remember that circumstances like aging are not in charge of your character or the life that lies endlessly before you in the kingdom of God the life in you that's begun, that even death itself cannot stop. It's not impacted by that which is wasting away, and everything is. Everything. The scriptures say, outwardly, we are all wasting away. That's what the Bible says. Everything is. Reputation is. Money, status, power, health. It all can be taken from us. And you know what? It doesn't really matter. Because the scriptures say inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And on that day, when you walk through the valley of the shadow, there is no other place you can really turn to but the treasure that is already yours in Christ. And though I had so hoped to be the pastor who would be there with you during the final letting go, I know this for sure. God will be with you. And you already hold the hand of the one whose love for you knows no limits. And on that day, when you pass from this life to the next, you're going to drink from that eternal river of divine love. And you are going to know that love that is deep as it is wide 
and I will see you there. God be with you, staff. We have so many wonderful people on this staff, and a lot of them sacrificed to be here. They could absolutely be making more money and living in fancier houses if they would have taken other gigs or pursued other paths in life. But they love God, and they love this church. And those of you on staff, you've had to carry so many heavy burdens lately. And I want you all to know that there are better days ahead. And I know that to be true because this is the day the Lord has made. He inhabits it. He is with you now. He will be with you tomorrow. And this is God's church. Jesus has been, is now, and always will be the true leader of this church. And God be with you elders. When it comes to the church, yeah, dream big, aim high, be great way more than that. Love God. Follow Jesus. Do the next right thing in love. God be with you, evening edition. And morning edition. And Wednesday morning men. And young professionals and simply Jesus and all the groups that gather. God be with you so that you can continue to spread love like our t-shirts say. God be with you so that you can be the body of Christ here. The salt of the earth, that city set on a hill. A family from every tribe and tongue and nation and people. So that you together can love the least of these. So that you can continue to Include those who feel excluded so that you can care for the unseen and the unnoticed and the unfed and the unhoused. And you know what? They will have a family because of you. And they will know that they are not forgotten because of you. And they will come to know the love of God through you. Platte Park Church, you have been given the greatest treasure. And that is Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. He is the real treasure here. And when you face those forces that turn against you or you feel betrayals or abandonments, when you feel forgotten or discarded or disposed of or replaced, don't you be afraid. Don't you live in fear. Don't you succumb or operate out of fear. Because God says, I will go with you there. He said, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am there. So you live with great courage, whatever you face. And above all, God be with you in the person of Jesus. I mean, Plapart Church is above everything, a Christ-centric church. Jesus is why we exist. And one day, Christ will return. And he will redeem all the things. And ultimately, the only way to heal my broken story or your broken story is to place it in the context of a much larger story that one day Jesus will return. That we live in a larger story that has a cross in the middle and it has a big old wedding feast at the end. And together, we're all going to gather on that day. And 
God's going to wipe away every tear you have cried. And he is going to heal every hurt you have felt. And together on that day, we will eat and drink and laugh and dance in freedom and love and joy. On that day, we will. And you know what? It will be even better than our 10-year gala party in the downstairs social hall. And that is saying something. That was a good party. (laughs) So this little word, goodbye, may not be in the Bible, but there is a word that is in the Bible that often comes when something reaches its end, and it's the word amen. It's that unique word, that word of blessing, that word that Jesus used in his language, Aramaic, and then they didn't really have a word for it in Greek, so it's just amen and same in English. It's this like, yes on steroids. It's like this powerful affirmation. It's, it's like saying, sometimes we sing, all of God's promises are yes and amen. It's when we affirm something, like with our whole being, just the way, just amen. It does often come at the end of something, but there's something about the word amen that is also always looking forward. You know, may it be so. Let it be done. It's actually the very last word in the Bible at the end of the last book, at the end of the last chapter in the book of Revelation. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Because life is not a problem to be solved, it's a story to be lived. And I am so grateful that for more than 14 years, my story got to be a part of your story. What a gift. What an unimaginable gift. And soon now, my body will not be around here as much, but my love will remain. And the sound that you hear will be me cheering you on. So now, Platt Park Church, may the grace of our Lord Jesus the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and henceforth. God be with you. Amen.